Do you think that we are going to eventually see the Bad Batch themselves break up? That is kind of what it seems like they're alluding to. I don't know if they're going to be together and how much of an emotional toll that that would be, but that is what makes it such an excellent show. everyone to Krypton to Alderaan. I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover, and I write that in my notes every time, even though I've said it probably 70 times now. And with me is Royish Good Looks. Hello, podcast. Hello, Joey. Hello. I write that in my notes too. <laughs> and we're the podcast that analyzes all kinds of nerdy pop culture, but it's mostly Star Wars. We are back again with our weekly review of the Bad Batch Season 2 episodes. But first, Hey, just one thing. Find us on Twitter. Let us know uh, what you thought of this Bad Batch episode faster. Let us know what you think of tech. Let us know how much you love tech. What do you think about that? Just find us on uh, Twitter or any social media. Just search Krypton to Alderaan and we'll be there and you'll be there. We'll all be there. And then we'll both be there. (laughs) Just like Shakira once (laughs) said... And then we'll both be there. <laughs> Is that actually the lyrics? Or No, I think you just made that up once after a few too many margaritas. <laughs> yeah, that's on brand. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Royce? What's going on? I'm doing pretty good. So last night I just finished, uh, I, I know we're probably not going to do a detailed what are we into segment, but I feel like this is kind of relevant. I just finished reading uh, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, the like founding dude from Pixar who literally like invented computer animation which I feel like is pretty uh, on time for us talking about Bad Batch. Nice. I saw the quote that you put in your Patreon blog message thing. They say that every Pixar movie starts off, they take it from not suck or to suck to not suck were literally his words. So there you have it. You know, if you're feeling worried about the quality of your own work, the head guy at Pixar also thinks his work sucks. So uh, cheer up, you know, hang in there. <laughs> Very relatable. I feel like you're talking directly to me. <laughs> cheer up me, Krypton Alderon. We've made some progress. And here we go. What have I been into? I'm still going through the High Republic phase two, and I'm still enjoying it for the most part. The book, I've been talking to some people. The book I'm reading right now is maybe the first one that it's like taking me a while to get through which is kind of a bummer, and I don't really understand why. I'm trying to figure out why. Is it the Jetta one? Which one is it? No, I want to get to the Jetta one. It's the one right before that. Mm. It's called Convergence, and it's good. It's just, I don't know, something's like holding me back. But it leads into, from what I understand, is it leads into the Battle of Jetta audio drama. So I got to get through it so I can get to that. But anyway, that's how it's Star Wars. So... Here we go. Who'd have thought we'd be on a podcast talking about books we are reading? I mean, maybe you, <laughs> but not me. You know, Joey? Not old Royce Books Are For Shelves Thompson. Here we are. <laughs> so, Royce, The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 4, Faster. Let me ask you this right up front. What is it you said a couple episodes ago about... Maybe there being a pod race at some point. I think that's literally the quote from last episode, right? Like, let's <laughs> maybe give us a pod race. And I mean, I guess we didn't really technically get a pod race. We got a riot race, but mm. 
really riot racing is just pod racing with guns, apparently. So it was a pod race for all yep. intents and purposes. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds of that, right? I saw the commercial on TV a day or two ago, just watching something and, and the Bad Batch commercial popped up and I saw them driving those little ships and I was like, maybe we are getting a pod race. Like, <laughs> what are the odds, you know? <laughs> what are you doing watching TV with commercials? What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reading books, watching TV. Man, living in the past. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you called it. And that was very surprising to me. Uh, it was the first thing I thought of when that popped up in this episode. I did not see a commercial for it or a preview or anything. So I was very surprised when they walked into the arena and that's what was going on. So harken back, go listen to our past episodes about the Bad Batch Season 2 to hear Royce make that prediction. You heard it here first on Krypton to Alderaan. <laughs> We're breaking news. Do you have an insider? <laughs> How are we going to talk about this episode? That is not to say that I did not like this episode. I really liked this episode quite a lot. Even starting out with tech, tech is, seems to be becoming more and more the star of the season, at least in my eyes. And even just the way the episode started out with Tech reacting the way that he did to Sid telling them that she has a mission for them and not giving them any information. I mean, he has a little like reaction in that in her parlor that either I paid attention to because I'm like loving Tech this season or it was like more just adding a little bit more like camera time and depth to Tech. That is all to say that I am loving tech and I really enjoyed this episode a lot, but I don't really know what else there is to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously the, the big plot is like tech didn't want to go on the mission. They go on the mission and it's just to save Sid's butt and she's gambling, which is like not what they're starting to stand for. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned before recording, like Omega wants to do right by Sid, but then they find out that Oh, Sid is not always loyal. Better watch your back. So they're saving her butt, but like they're warned that that might come to, to bite them in the end. So that's really the major plot stuff that happened there. You didn't enjoy the pod racing though, or the riot race? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I could talk about that. I loved it. When I was watching it, I was thinking about how much more I loved that scene than the actual pod race scene from episode one. That's I'm not throwing shade hmm. at Phantom Menace. I'm not throwing shade at the pod racing scene. But I don't have a strong connection to the pod racing scene in episode one. There's a lot of, that's a whole other conversation we could get into. I, I don't really enjoy it all that much. But this I really enjoyed and the stakes were high. And like, I felt my pulse quickening and I was like into it. You know, I was really into that event, especially when tech is in it. It was really enjoyable to watch. And again, like the animation was incredible and all that stuff that we always say, but just less... The past couple of episodes, we have gotten to go really deep into the characters and what thematically they're setting up. This one a little less so, even though I think we get some things like, again, more depth with tech and more like focusing on characters other than Hunter and Omega. Like you said, with Sid, maybe some more foreshadowing that Sid is going to, that the Bad Batch are going to split away from Sid one way or another before the end of the season and that kind of thing. Were you, I mean, because you like episode one in the pod race scene, right? So how did this compare for you? Yeah, the episode one pod race is definitely a little long. They could probably have shrunk that down a little bit. This episode works better because it's just the main plot for that episode. So of course they can do a couple of races and talk about that and it works 
in that contained environment. It's interesting you didn't like the episode one pod race over that, though, because one thing I noticed, this episode, as per usual, lots of music behind almost everything, which is classic Star Wars, as we've mentioned, like Star Wars box. But the pod race in episode one famously has like no minimal to no music because Mm. of all the crazy sound effects. And that was a conscious decision that like, we're going to make all these pods have their own like unique kind of sound and, you know, personality. And that was like the vision for the pod race scene is like, look how crazy computer animation in movies is now, you know, but no music, which is obviously kind of sometimes not as engaging. Maybe that's why you didn't enjoy some of that. It like makes it even longer. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. It's a little bit hard to put my finger on. There is one particular thing that I really don't enjoy about the pod racing scene in in episode one. And that is like, I think it's Sebulba's pod and they like cut to a different pod that's like, yeah, has its own personality and sound effects and stuff. And it's like, (laughs) and then they cut immediately back to Sebulba. And it's like, (laughs) and they just do that about 150,000 times. And I can't stand it. It's a bunch of left to right pans or whatever, like the same shot a lot. Yeah, and it's so repetitive. And that noise, it just keeps like, it's a lot like the screaming goats in Thor uh, Love and Thunder. I just like... Yeah, they they just needed to cut it down a little bit. I, I feel you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find it interesting that they made a whole new type of race, that it's not pod racing, it's riot racing, because it literally has guns. Like, they mentioned that. Right. And Sebulba had a flamethrower, I think, in episode one, or he, at least he does mm. in, like, the pod racer game. So there's not really a big difference between, like, amping it up there. They have, like, the same rules, except specifically guns are allowed in a riot race, I guess. What about the sassy droid, Teo? Ben Schwartz. Yep. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm indifferent. I didn't feel any particular. I wasn't like, oh, this is funny and fun. I guess I was kind of like, oh, this is funny and fun, but it didn't like blow me away. But I definitely wasn't like, oh, I could have done without this, you know? That was borderline the goat thing too. Like every line, that, that guy was just hamming it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which I get like, that's a that's a like fun thing to interject, and he was kind of a fun character. I feel bad for that I'm not giving in a lot of enthusiasm into this episode. I really liked it a lot. Honestly, Tech is like becoming my favorite member of the Bad Batch this season. I thought he was a little like wacky at first. He's got sort of the Jar Jar vibe where you're like, ooh, maybe you could tone it down a little. I love that his head flips upside down, though. There's a scene where he's walking away from yeah. uh, Tech, and then he flips his head around to talk to him like, That's a really funny design that we've never seen in Star Wars before that like fit for the hilarity of the character. I love that he dies twice and they revive him. Then the last scene, he's like, I regret nothing. Like, very silly. (laughs) You know, again, polar opposite from the last episode, like such a wide range the show is casting. Yeah, yeah. We got back into comedy. Yeah, it was a little weird, but I guess that's the point. Like we mentioned it last episode. They have to have a couple of little one-offs. Like you said, they're building tech, which is nice. Also interesting when he takes over driving, they're like, and uh, tech, uh, is that his name? And and nobody cheers for him. And the announcer is like, this guy's a loser. Nobody believes in him. And then he wins the race and everyone's chanting his name at the end. Also really great Simpsons humor with the announcer that he's like, and tech wins. It's it's tech, right? Tech's his name? (laughs) Tech, yeah, tech wins. So I I kind of appreciated some of that humor. (laughs) Yeah. I guess the question that we're circling here that you brought up before we started recording is that are we okay with these one-off or side quest episodes? We've gone back and forth a little bit in the previous 
couple of episodes saying, are we going to get any? Because each episode, the first three episodes were like more substantive and deep. I was thinking about this while watching this episode. So simultaneously having the thought of how am I going to talk about this on the podcast? And also that I don't think this is necessarily void of substance. Like I hate using the word filler. Every episode has something, has contributes something, has some meaning. For as much of the like quote unquote side quest as this episode was, there I think it packed a lot of the themes of the season into it, like getting to know the characters, like the Bad Batch characters individually getting more developed. Like you're saying, when Tech wins the race and he's like, you can kind of see his self worth in that moment and maybe a little bit of pride that he feels in that moment. And we see Omega, you know, doing her Omega thing, fighting for what's right. No matter how much time passes, we still get that Omega conscience. Again, we get Sid, the foreshadowing of Sid, maybe leaving before or by the end of the season. So we're still moving forward, and it was, and it still contributed a lot to the themes, I think. And I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it like an entire Villain of the Week episode, I guess. It wasn't really heavy. They didn't have to like defeat the villain. You got to see this exciting race and meet a new character and Tech had to stand in for Teo, the driver. So it, it had its own interesting elements. Yeah, I didn't really think of it as filler either, even though like it is a side quest. I think it's interesting though that, so it was Wrecker, Omega, and Tech, right? That's Those are the only Bad Batch members? Yes. So they're the only ones now aware that Sid has a history of betraying people until they fill in the rest of the Bad Batch. They're the only ones aware that, like, she's got a gambling problem, you know, and we had to, like, race and, like, almost risk our lives, you know. They're going to have to explain that maybe to Hunter and Echo, and maybe that will impact something, that there'll be kind of two factions of, like, they said not to trust Sid. Well, do we trust her? Do we not trust her? And then, of course, Omega's going to be a guiding light there that's like, we have to, you know, take care of her because that's just what you do. I don't know where that goes, but they clearly planted some seeds that there's going to be sides there, which like you said, you can't call it filler. That's obviously a plant, you know, that's that's something that they're foreshadowing intentionally, which is not a surprise. I don't think anyone would be surprised that she works in the shadows. She did a drug deal last or last yeah. season, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's made it very clear this whole time that she's like only out for herself. And when she she controls the Bad Batch so far as when she benefits, they benefit until this episode where they finally had to come in and save her. Well, I guess a lot like they did with the Spice last season. But you're right. I think that this will further push Echo into wanting the Bad Batch to work for Rex, you know, instead or do something worthwhile in his in his view, worthwhile instead of like working for Sid and being bounty hunters and all that kind of stuff. You're probably right where they're going to, those three, Omega, Tech, and Wrecker are going to go back and let the others know. And then Echo will use that for his argument. There's something there. They're going to leave Sid and Omega's not going to want to leave Sid behind because she's going to need help. But they're going to be like, we have a bigger purpose. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. And then we'll see how uh, Wanda Sykes' new character plays into it. So you brought up Hunter and Echo. What did you think? Were you okay with them not being in this episode? How did the, how did it progress? How did the episode progress for yeah. you without those two being in it? I, I mean, they came out swinging where they were like, "Hunter and Echo are out on a mission." So you're like, "Okay, we're not going to see them." It wasn't like, "When are they going to show up?" They you already knew it was going to be just a few of the Bad Batch. So at least that was already posed. But I do like Hunter. I feel like you know he's kind of the main 
character to me. But as you mentioned, they're building out everybody else. Tech got so much screen time in this. Teo the droid didn't believe in him. Wrecker didn't believe in him. Even at one point, like, Tech is racing. And he's like, I've got this. It's called strategy. And Record's like, no, it's not. It's called losing. Like, so no one <laughs> believed. No one believed in Tech this episode. But he is, in fact, the one that saved the day. So obviously important for Tech becoming a leader, even though Hunter is normally the leader. It's like Michelangelo's got to step up to the plate on the turtles every now and then, even though he's like the party dude. So I feel like that maybe is part of the reason for this episode not being filler, to develop his uh, leadership skills a little bit there. Mm -hmm. But I I do like Hunter because I feel like he just makes sense as like the alpha male character on the show and the father figure Mm -hmm. directly to Omega, even though Omega is, you know, they're all kind of brothers or whatnot, I guess. So I did kind of miss him. And then we we weren't with Crosshair and they're not with Rampart. So there was no Imperial stuff. So there's a lot of other things that they sprinkled in, which that comes with the territory of a 16 episode season. So I'm okay with it, that we can go these different avenues as long as those individual episodes are good. And I think they did a good job with this one, that the pod racing was fun. The stakes were high enough. And there was a couple of little character building things that feel like it will play out in the grand scheme. So, you know, once again, like well done, Lucas Arts, Lucasfilm story team for like pulling it together and not being too much of a villain of the week. And I didn't really care much for the villain anyway. I'm kind of glad he wasn't really a boss battle they had to go through that the pod race was the main focus than like trying to fight that guy. There was no physical violence at all other than like a somebody in the crowd got shot, which was kind of weird that they threw that out as a joke. Even though the other yeah, episodes, death has been like a sad strange. thing. That was weird. <laughs> But, you know, they didn't have to battle that guy, you know, and barrage him with bullets or whatever. Or Omega didn't get captured by him at the end. There was no, like, cliche BS with the villain of the week, which I thought yeah, was yeah. a wise choice. Uh, if you want to please 30, mid-30-year-olds watching <laughs> Star Wars animation, <laughs> thank you. Right. Yeah, very much Sid's world, not, like, necessarily the Bad Batch's world. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, a villain in her world. The same way that... uh I guess this is, this has a lot of parallels to the the spice episode. Sid's world of crime and that kind of thing. No one's putting the bad batch in danger. I guess the pikes were, but maybe we'd just cut this because I'm going back and forth and there's not a whole lot to say. No, I, I think you're right that they're they're taking time to set up that Sid is like a job of the hut character that you're like, you don't don't right. stick up for this person, you know? Just a crime boss. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Omega has come to be, like, close with her. Sid taught her to shoot that bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah, and, like, play that chess game. Oh, yeah, yeah. As much as I don't want Omega to sort of, like, age out of her conscience and being the conscience of the group, this seems like it's setting up a lesson for Omega. Something that they actually said to her in the first season was, like, the galaxy is kind of a bad place. There's bad people out there who want to do bad things and will use you to do it. Whether Sid actually feels anything for the characters of the Bad Batch or not, that's what Omega feels. And I would love her to keep being that person, even when eventually Sid, whatever happens with Sid happens. I guess that's one good thing to bring up about this episode. Just seeing Omega still maintaining that fight is what I want to keep seeing. I don't want her to lose that. She's the Hurley. Exactly. And I love me a Hurley. <laughs> I will oh that will always be my favorite character. And I do love Milegi, the Dautin. I can never say that right. Dautin, the that was the villain, the guy with the chin tusks. I really like those 
that alien species than those characters. And we don't see them a lot in on screen. We got one in The Force Awakens. We get one in Jedi Fallen Order. And we got this one. And hey, you know what? Again, find us on Twitter and let me know if I'm wrong. But I think those are the only three times we see them. And then they're in like comic books and the High Republic books and stuff like that. What scene of Force Awakens? Maz Kanata's castle. Oh, is that the one the like ladies curling up with? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, okay, okay. So those are the only times I can remember seeing them on screen. But I do really like their design and think they're cool. And they're all like intimidating and kind of evil. So I don't know. It's neat to see. I liked seeing that. Someone had mentioned uh, like Thank the Maker podcast or Star Wars Explained, one of those guys. Animation, you just see more aliens because they don't have to worry about prosthetics or doing things practically or whatever. You're like already animating stuff. So you're going to see by default more diverse species show up, you know? They could drop in any character. They've got a model for at any point in time. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd be interested in going back to watch this episode and taking a look at the crowd, you know, in the stands and seeing mm. what, what diversity of aliens there are in there. I have one last question, I think, about the episode in general, and it goes back to, to tech and the individual members of the Bad Patch. We can see, like we've been saying, we can kind of see this maybe spread apart from Sid or something's going to happen with Sid. Do you think that we are going to eventually see the Bad Batch themselves break up? Echo wants to go do his own thing. Hunter and Omega have their thing. Tech is now starting to sort of come into his own. What do you think about that? Yeah, dude. Classic season one of the OC season finale. (laughs) Seth goes sailing out and Ryan goes back to Chino, you know, and the gang splits up. It seems like that would be a little weird for the genre of the show, you know, but that is kind of what it seems like they're alluding to that they're on these different missions and they know things that they don't know. They're going to have to fill each other in and they may or may not agree. And especially when it comes to like, should we be protecting the galaxy anymore? Should we retire? Like, I think there will be some heads butted there and that the possibility for them splitting up is higher than it's ever been. And like, what would that do to Omega? You know, she's got to keep them together. Maybe she goes out on her own. This is all a possibility for sure. I don't know. Like, it's crazy how much stuff they're setting up. Do you think they're going to break up though? I really, the first time I thought about it was this episode. You know, we mm. we discussed a little bit in past episodes of like what happens to them at the end and do they all go off into the sunset and do their own thing? Do they want to fight in the war? Do they not want to fight in the upcoming war? That kind of thing, which has been mulling around in my brain, but This was the first episode where, again, one little instance made me sad to think about that. And that's when Tech gets out of the racer and the crowd is chanting his name and we can see his self-worth in him. We've seen him learning more about himself and growing. And I do think this seems to be going in that way where they will all end up wanting different things. And it's very sad I mean, that's kind of how season one ends, though, that they're like, we want different things. It doesn't mean we can't be friends or whatever. Yeah. They're going to continue to fray apart. Yeah, I would say it's different in the sense that these are all kind of the quote unquote good guys. These are all like their brothers. And it's not that one wants to join the fascist regime and the others don't, but they Mm -hmm. can still be friends. You know, like that was the end of season one. (laughs) Right. This is like, you know what? I'm going to go chronicle the wisdom of the galaxy. I'm going to go help Rex fight. Mm. I'm going to go with Omega. 
to explore. And we'll have five new series coming next fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, unfortunately, it seems like that would be a very sad thing, especially we know, like, I think in the context of them being brothers, them being this elite clone force, them being like the only clone kind of outcast from the other clones. They were all that they had and that kind of thing. I think that just like makes their bond even stronger and makes me more connected to them from an audience perspective and then will make anything like that eventually very sad for me. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that would be heartbreaking. (laughs) Every episode is constantly, like you said, you know, mixing things up and I don't know if they're going to be together and how much of an emotional toll that that would be. But that is what makes it such an excellent show. The growth in the characters, I think, is it's to be commended, I think. 100% I agree. Surprise question. If you could send the Bad Batch on any side quest, what side quest would you send them on? And it doesn't have to be the whole Bad Batch. It could just be a couple. Interesting. I have the characters in mind. I just don't have a specific quest. I don't know if I can come up with a specific quest because I don't know where the show is going. But what I will say is that I think I would send Tech and Echo on a quest or they get stranded somewhere on their own or something like that because I really like their dynamic and I love that we're getting more of Tech this season. I've said it probably ad nauseum at this point. But I, I, I love the way that Tech and Echo interact. I think they could both do with like learning a little bit more about each other. They both have that closed off kind of personalities and Echo's kind of a grump and Tech's very literal and maybe neurodivergent. Maybe they both are. And I think that they would really like benefit from being together. And it could also be like a pretty entertaining thing to watch happen. They had some like good interactions in the first season between the two of them, but in the greater group. So I'd love to see both of them on their own. Mm. Yeah, I could go go with that. Well, what about you? What do you think? Tech seems to be a standout this season so far. So I, I'm definitely down for seeing more tech. I got to play a classic Joey Star Wars lover. I didn't think of an answer. Uh, <laughs> it is tough. Like now that we're asking ourselves this question, like I have even more respect for the writers of the show, if you told me you got to come up with 16 episodes, yeah. some of which have a, you know, overarching plot line and some of which are side stories, but tie them all together somehow, impossible task as someone who releases one individual two minute song at a time. That's incredibly difficult. Uh, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I was selfishly thinking like they find a holocron and they've got to run into a Jedi, but that's a kind of cliche plot, but they haven't really run into Jedi other than when they were in the Clone Wars, you know? So that could be interesting to see, but mm-hmm. I feel like we probably will get that with Gunji. Yeah. So maybe that's already coming up anyway. Do you think you'd send the whole crew or just certain members? I like Wrecker for comic relief and I like Hunter and Omega. But so there's a lot of like brawn there and then you've got the heart. So I don't, I don't know what would be the interesting mission that you would have the two like heavy hitter guys, but maybe they wouldn't necessarily need their heavy hitting skills and they'd have to think more like tech in Echo, but not right. have them around and like, oh, there's a computer if tech was just here, you know? And Wrecker goes, oh, I'll fix it. And he just smashes the thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I got yeah. nothing else. That's just the seed so far. <laughs> there is a really great episode of 
one of the more recent Justice League cartoons that I can't remember the name of right now, but it's much more like cartoony animated versus 3D animated of the older Justice League cartoon. Anyway, there's a really great episode where Superman goes to a planet with a red sun and breaks his leg and there's a bad guy there and he still beats the bad guy by being like farm boy, boy scout, Clark Kent, Superman, because he's powerless because of the red sun. Right. And I love that episode of that show. And that's what I'm picturing for this like wrecker hunter. Like they can't necessarily use their enhanced skills and they have to rely on what they've learned from Tech and Echo and then a little bit of Omega in there right. as well. You know, Wrecker's going to want to break something and Omega's going to say, oh no, we have to like think and use strategy. Wrecker can go classic and say, oh, I hate thinking. I hate yeah, yeah. strategy, you know. <laughs> I'm a good tank. Yeah, and hilarity ensues. Yep, A plus. Let us in the writer's room. Okay, I love that. My question for you... Second surprise question. Maybe a not-so-surprising question based on some of the context of this episode. Do you think the Bad Batch is Force-sensitive? We saw... We've seen their enhancements. Hunter gives a little bit of, like, knowing where things are and kind of a little bit, like, where people are and when things are going to happen in Season 1. It's been a little bit weird of Omega, like... Did they, what did they do? Why is she different than the other Clone Force 99 than the other enhanced clones? And in this episode, we see essentially pod racing, which no human can do. And we see Tech do it. He says that it's strategy. He's analyzed the data, all that. But is that enough to have the reflexes to do it without having some Mm. kind of other attribute? What do you think? Well, I would have to assume that Boba Fett or Jango Fett would have had to have had some kind of force sensitivity too. I don't know. I believe everyone's got the force, you know? Like, isn't that the last Jedi thing? Like, it doesn't belong to you. It's in It's in everything. Right. That, that maybe other people can have a more predisposition to it because of their midichlorian count or whatever. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if Jango Fett had a little bit of force sensitivity because he's the most badass bounty hunter, apparently. You mm. know? If he was worthy of cloning because he was so good, maybe that's because he was force sensitive. So all of the clones are to some degree. And of course, the Bad Batch would be even more so. Maybe they like knew about the, the midichlorian count, you know? And that's, that's why they're doing all this cloner stuff, you know, with Snoke and the Emperor and Grogu. That, that's maybe something that's playing into all this other crap. It's how do we just make a Force-sensitive being rather than natural-born, you know, talent? Uh, right. I think there's something there, but... It blurs the line between like, so I'm not a Jedi, but I've got force powers, you know, that kind of breaks the the Star Wars box a little bit, I feel like. But I do love the idea that everybody could tap into it to a degree, you know? Yeah, that's a good point that everyone has the potential. And we know, like you said, they're they're experimenting. Palpatine begins experimenting with how to create clones that have the force that have can utilize the power of the force. And we know that all of their other skills are enhanced to do things that maybe Django Fed couldn't necessarily do, like Wrecker's huge and whatever their other abilities are. So whether they created those enhancements mm-hmm. or just enhanced what was already there. But yeah, I think that this episode got me back on track with thinking it could be. I mean, the droid even says it in the beginning of the episode, like your human reflexes can't race like this, essentially. An interesting question, question that uh, I asked last season, and it's coming back up. Well, when they run into Gunji, maybe he'll explain some of that Force stuff on a more, like, relatable level than, like, Jedi warriors, and they'll get to know more about the 
the force that lives within them. <laughs> All right, listeners, we would love to know what your theories are for the Bad Batch having force sensitivity. What side quest would you send them out on? Would they open a Jedi holocron or a Sith holocron? And what kind of mirage would they see? What <laughs> desert planet are they going to to assassinate an old nemesis? You let us know on Twitter. We are at Krypton Alderon, or just search Krypton to Alderon wherever you social media or podcast. Leave us some comments, some likes, some subscribes, some reviews. Listen to some past episodes. You already listened this far into this one. Check out some more. We'll also be back next week to talk more Bad Batch. Joey, I'm having a lot of fun talking about Bad Batch. How about you? I love talking about the Bad Batch. In fact, let's just do it even after it's over. We could do that too. Thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate you being here. And we'll see you on the next episode of Krypton to Alderaan. I have been Royce. I've been someone who really loves tech now. And we've been Krypton, Krypton to I love it when they say new planets that I get to use in the end of this. It's like a couch gag. 